check the dwark. Welcome to the No Spin Dash Zone. I'm your host, Isaiah, and I'm joined, as always, by Steven. Hi. And Charlie. Hi. Today, we played Sonic 3D Blast on the Sega Genesis. Sorry, <laughs> no Saturn, because no one wants to emulate that, and Saturns are expensive. Is it, like, what is the difference, do you know? The only difference I am aware of is there's a soundtrack composed by Richard Jacques, and there's a different special stage, which is, like, actual 3D, not this kind of bullshit 3D. And it's like a Sonic 2 stage. Now, is Richard Jacques the one that works with JonTron? I hate you. <laughs> okay, well, the different music sounds neat. Hopefully we'll get a chance to play some of both tracks in the background. In Japan, this is known as Sonic 3D Flicky's Island. Because Thank there are you. flickies in it. Yeah, because there's flickies in it. Flicky is an arcade game. Flicky is actually just one character in most Sonic games. So are we going to play Flicky on the podcast? Flicky has become a species term, especially when this game came out. Yeah, yeah Flicky is like Yoshi. There are multiple Flickies in like Sonic 1, as you're referring to, because that's one of the animals that come out of the Well, robots. yeah, but it, it was only the one blue bird. It wasn't all of yeah. these, these multiple colored birds. Right. So this game is sort of an isometric 3D, 2D This game, game. is Sonic Labyrinth if someone cared about game design. Yeah. <laughs> That's, like, well, actually very true. Let's not mince words about it. <laughs> like, it's, it's very interesting how Sonic Labyrinth and this game, they seem the same, but one is, like, so much better than the other, and it's not just because of the technical differences. Like, definitely there's a lot that the Genesis can do that the Game Gear just can't, and graphically they take a lot of advantage of that in this game. Yeah. But okay. it's, it's also just a much better game, like, better designed game. You know? Yeah. To an extent. There are definitely some ups and downs, yeah. So, yeah. here's the thing. We were complaining about, or, or most people play complain, that this game is slow as all hell. This game, I mean, it was stiff. I think I should say stiff because this game is a lot slippery. It's honestly like I'm playing Sonic Heroes or Shadow the Hedgehog, but yeah. <laughs> almost worse. <laughs> and it's like, I, I, it's slip and slide and you can jump now. You couldn't jump in Labyrinth and you can yeah. spin dash at a reasonable rate and spin roll for that matter. Yeah, I was going to say like having multiple buttons is nice because you can have one button to like basically crouch and one button to jump. And if you stand still and crouch, you do a spin dash like most Sonic games. Yeah. So I find myself, I played this game when I was very young and I didn't get very far in it because I was very young. This was one of those games where I would play this at a friend's house and he'd be like, let's switch off every time we die. And then I would die immediately and he would just play for like an hour. <laughs> I didn't have the best friends growing up. That's why we've introduced better two-player modes than the original Mario since, you know, it's Inception. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could have had Tails in this game, but I guess Traveler's Tales didn't want to do that. By the way... <laughs> Traveler's Tales? <laughs> yeah, this is by the same people who made uh, the LEGO games. <laughs> yeah, this is like one of the first times that like there's a Sonic game not made by Sega. I mean, excluding Mean Bean Machine, because that's a localization. Yeah, well, but... also, the Game Gear games are made by... They're not made by Sonic Team, but are they made by a Sega in-house, or...? Right. Well, I don't know. What about Spinball? Was that by Sega? Spin Spinball was... It seemed like it was Sega. I don't know. Okay. It's like an American Sega branch, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. It was an american design game, but I think it was in-house Sega. Okay. But it is kind of interesting, because like Steven said, it's the Lego people, and 
you know, after like Crash and Bandicoot wrapped the Cortex or some other not so good games, they just started making Lego games and that's all they make now. They just make the <laughs> Lego games. All the same. <laughs> this is the Traveler's Tales we remember with like the ratchet looking the character Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, not, not the adjective Ratchet the, as in shoddy like or she's a, it's a hobo <laughs> with the little rucksack or whatever you call that thing. <laughs> yeah, I think is it knapsack or rucksack? I don't know. They call it a bindle, right? Bindle? I think bindle is definitely one of the words used hobo for Hobo bag. Let's call it a hobo bag. <laughs> anyway, they have a very nice logo. Yeah. Yeah. Until they replaced it with a, a giant T and a lowercase T. I mean, that logo's not bad no, either. No, you're thinking of Telltale. So... No, that's... Th- that's they <laughs> have been replaced by nothing. <laughs> they are out of the market. <laughs> Damn! They got Topical. replaced by a slightly smaller team to finish the last Walking Dead game. <laughs> So the first thing you'll notice when you boot up Sonic 3D Blast is that the Sega logo is much more well animated, and then it just it's just somebody shouting the word Sega. <laughs> Screaming, really. Like, he's going ham. It's so great. Yeah. It's so great. Can, it's so nice to have a different Sega logo. When Charlie, when editing, can you just put the audio of that person I'm shouting Sega? I'm going to. Don't worry. Like, right here. Thank you. Sega! It's amazing, because the animation is like, ooh, that's an upgrade, and then you hear this man just shouting Sega, and you're like, well, that's not... <laughs> it's not really what I wanted, but I guess I'll take it. It's sort of a lateral movement, really. And later on, they would be more comical, Sega. Yeah, and then eventually we'd get to where we are now, where they just make, like, a PlayStation sound. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a PlayStation sound, and then a dude saying Sega. It's just like... Wait, no, they don't even say Sega anymore, do they? They don't say Sega yeah, anymore? Do. They'll, they basically do the modern one was like, whoosh, Sega. And then uh, they'll just do the classic Sega for the sake of nostalgia. I guess you're right, yeah. I think this is the only game they ever do the screaming Sega thing. I thought <laughs> it was in a couple things. This game also has a very high-tech animated intro as well. Oh yeah, the intro is... Well, it's like the Donkey Kong Country style thing where they 3D render yeah. and then just... Yeah. They make it Except into... without the texture and heart. Well, yeah, but with a lot more, like, not looking like a morning cartoon when 3D was awful. Fair enough. So I think we should mention the founder of Traveler's Tales, John Burton, has a YouTube channel where he sort of explains how he accomplished, or how how his team accomplished specific technical feats in, like, Genesis-era games. He has a very interesting video about how they did the animation for the intro to this game. I'm talking about before you hit start game, when it's just the, like... Opening yes. a bit before the title screen. Well, because, yeah, the intro is just a series of, like, animated images, right? Yeah. Yeah. With the music of the final level in the game. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know that bit. <laughs> I need to talk about the music. Yeah. Because... Yeah, go for it. That music is literally Twinkle Cart. Yeah! From Sonic Adventure. And then the first level is the final part of Windy Valley. Yeah. Titled The Wind. So, I knew about the Windy Valley music, right. right? But when you're like a kid, and you're playing this, and you're like, what the hell? This is Sonic Adventure. <laughs> when you're a 10-year-old, and you're like, what the fuck? That's Sonic Adventure. <laughs> and then your mom comes in and lambasts you for swearing. Yeah, she's I didn't like, know hey. there were two songs from Sonic Adventure that like were from this game originally. Which is very yeah. interesting. Because I think Jun Sino was the composer for this. Which is why I say Richard Jock was the composer for the Saturn version. I've never heard the Saturn music, so I don't know, but... Was Sano already working on 3D Blast? Is that what you're telling me? 
Snow? So, the Snow. Like, well, Snow. Snow was hired for Sonic 3 to basically to replace Michael Jackson. I did not know that. I thought that he started later. As I understand it, it was Sonic 3 that he was introduced specifically because they needed to replace Michael Jackson. That's crazy. Also, Michael Jackson wouldn't have been the exclusive composer, right? Like, they still would have had in-house Sega someone. Like, he was just the director that replaced him, I'd imagine. I don't know, but I do know that... Is, it, is this Snow... a situation where he did the entire soundtrack on his own, like, with Shadow the Hedgehog? <laughs> Except for those five songs that are by random bands that, like... Power Man 5000 and shit. So, so according to... I, I do know regardless of whether or not he replaced Michael Jackson, he was a composer for Sonic 3 and Knuckles. But according to Wikipedia, Jun Suno and Tatsuyuki Maeda... Tatsumaki Simpukuyaku? Ta, yeah. Maeda. <laughs> uh, M-A-E-D-A. That's Maeda, yeah. yeah. Definitely butchered that name. I apologize. Those two both composed the Sega Genesis version of the game. I gotta hand it to Tatsu. He did a good job with uh, Ice Caps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just gonna That's take a one shot of the in the dark. few situations that Steven will say, gotta hand it to Tatsu. <laughs> it's not a good, great move otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, so it's really interesting because, especially in Sonic Adventure, right? Twinkle Park and Twinkle Circuit, both of those songs are just from other songs. I mean, that's a pretty regular thing Wait, we what? found in Wait, Sonic. Wait, hold on a second. What are you saying? So Twinkle Twinkle Circuit's... Like, the Twinkle Circuit section of Twinkle Park is from Sonic 3D Blast, right? Okay, so I'm going to be that guy okay. for a second. That's Twinkle Cart. Ah, okay. Yeah, Twinkle yeah, yeah. Circuit is, like, the one anyone can access. Yeah. It goes in a circle like a circuit. And also, that's like a bit of a remix of Sonic's yeah. theme from so, Sonic Adventure. Anyway, go on. I'm so, sorry. I mean, but that's that's what I was saying. I got the two mixed up, right? But one of those songs is from this game, and the other is just a remix of Sonic's theme. So they're both like, let's take this song and then just put it here. You know, okay. I I just find that amusing. That is amusing. But we've also we found that several songs have been reused pretty regularly throughout Sonic's history, even like thus far. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, the toot-toot Sonic Warrior, like, little melody thing is in, like, four or five different games at this point. Yeah. I actually I really like that a lot of sound effects and jingles in Sonic 3D Blast are just straight from Sonic 3. Like, the stage clear theme, I'm pretty sure is from Sonic 3. Or Sonic 2, maybe. Extra I get life. confused. Yeah, continue. extra life. And continue, absolutely. So, uh, that's something I need to ask about. The continues are like the floating spinning sonic heads right i don't know what those are yeah i was okay they don't give you continues no they're not lives because they're i watch my life count and it does not go up when you collect those it does go up when you get the monitor over sonic's face but when you get the floating sonic heads they just disappear and make a jingle and nothing yeah. seems to happen hold it up i'm gonna, I'm gonna the google jingle this from the sonic pinball table in sonic adventure because i don't think it ever appeared in another game prior yeah, and I'm confused because I was like, oh, these must be one-ups. But then eventually I started looking at them and I was like, no, my life count's not going up. And then I, like, didn't realize this game even had continues until I, like, full out, like, full stop died at one point. Yeah, I only got one or two continues in my, in my playthrough. Yeah, I mean, I only had one and then that was, like, about halfway through. I was on... Well, how many how many stages are there? Are there seven or what? I feel like seven's the eight. The There's, normal like, seven number. or eight. Because I got to the end of Spring, spring Ding Zone during oh, spring my... Spring Ding Zone. Oh, God. Real quick, according to Game Facts, Sonic icons, these are spinning icons that look like Sonic's head. There are about 50 in the game in all, but five, all but five are above springs. 
for every 10 you collect, you get a continue. Okay, so there okay. are continues. They're just not... You don't get a full continue for every one that you grab. That was what <laughs> I was, like, confused about. Well, that'd about. be too easy. But it doesn't really tell you a whole lot. So you have a limited of nine lives, too, as well. So it's... I never understood why continues... Why they didn't just give you more lives, you know? Well, continues are for resetting score. So it's essentially, like, a mechanic that becomes more developed in games as we go on. But you know, like, the idea of how some games make the game not too hard, but if you want a higher score, you have to perform better? Yeah. So, like, current iterations of Mega Man, like, not, you know, actual Mega Man, but the games that try to, like, capture... Mega Man, yeah. they'll have like rating systems like, oh, at the end of the level you get an A or a B, and they don't have a live system, so you can just keep retrying things, but the more you die, the worse your score is. Yeah. I feel like it's it's something like that, like a primitive version of that, where your score is meant to be important to you, but the way they sort of like make that happen is that if you run out of all of your lives, you just lose your score full stop, but you don't have to like quit playing the game. So you can get practice in, but if you want to get the better score, you'll have to like play without dying more than like five times or whatever. Okay. All right. So here's my problem with the score in this game. You probably notice when you have all five flickies and you go to the ring, you get like a, a gradual score increase. Yeah, an exponential score increase, actually. Yeah. So here's my problem with that. There is no score HUD, and I'd like there to be one. Yeah. It's like saying that score doesn't matter, but it tries to make it because it just makes continues into over-glorified lives. Yeah, because yeah. It just takes you to the beginning of the stage you died in after you're, you run out of lives. Yeah, it does feel, like, pointless. But, I mean, continues have felt pointless in games to me for, like, ever. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand if they, like, take you to the beginning of a world instead of the beginning of the level. Because that's a little bit of a detriment. It makes no difference. Like, in this game, it's just, like, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I never got anywhere close to a game over. I don't know wow. where, where you guys fared. Nice flex I on us, Isaiah. I got a game over at, like, the... The spring, last spring, boss. spring no. chicken zone. No, I got to the last area. Spring chicken zone is where I got my game over. Spring, I think. spring chicken zone. Well, but I was also see. Here's the thing. This game promotes like suicide tactics because if you lose a bunch <laughs> of rings and like you find tails or knuckles, yeah. Like, maybe we should explain that first. But basically, this game has a 50 ring system where you have to get 50 rings in order to access bonus stages. So it promotes suicide where if you've got <laughs> rings and then you lose them. It's better to just kill yourself so you can get more rings and go back to the bonus stage than it is to keep playing the level. So I was spending lives that way. I wasn't, like, actually dying to enemies because of the challenge. I was just, like... Yeah. The last live that I had, I died because I was, like, challenged. Hey, kid. We here at the No Spin Dash Zone make a lot of jokes. But something <laughs> that isn't a joke is suicide. <laughs> yeah, Don't I was going to say the game... for something arbitrary as losing all your rings. We need to <laughs> get it's not worth it. Jaleel this... White to be like Sonic says, Don't kill yourself. That's no good. <laughs> alright, alright, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That was a bad tangent. So. Well, I mean, it is an important message, I suppose. So, we cut the episodes in half, and sometimes it's difficult for us to <laughs> come back. But we were talking about the special stages. There was a long pause between when we recorded and, like, when we're recording now. There was, like, about half an hour that we haven't been recording. But I believe we were talking about the special stages and how you get into them. But I want to talk a little bit more about who gives you into them. We briefly mentioned how you have the 50 ring system. Yeah. yeah. You have to find knuckles and tails on the map. Yeah, and then you like they're high just, five them. Just standing there. You got to high five them and then they take your rings. And if you get 50 or more rings, they take you to a special stage. You really yeah. got to get up in their business. Also, yeah, you, you lose all your rings. 
Yeah, they don't just take 50. They take every ring you have, and if you don't have 50, they're like, well, I'm taking that anyway. <laughs> yeah, they're the they're freaking Marilyn Manson, the debt collector over here. I think it's like a piggy bank situation where if you give them five and then later you give them 45, they'll yeah. be like, that's 50, and they yeah. take you. It's a little hard when they take all of it because there's like one stage where they're right next to each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's mean. Also, they'll take your rings again, and then they won't take you to a special stage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually will. I believe you can get taken to a stage where you can get either a one-up or just one of the Sonic heads. I'm, I'm not really sure how that works. So I gave, like, there was a stage where I gave one of them 50 rings, and I got to the special stage, and then later I gave them another 50 rings, and I just lost my rings. I got, like, double the amount of points from giving them the rings, but, like, that was it. They were just like, thanks for the rings. Just this level I've triggered, I'm playing, I've triggered both Knuckles and Tails to give me a stage where I collect the Sonic face. Yeah. The Sonic faces are still the most confusing part of this game. Yeah. Definitely. I just want to say before we go into the special stages, is that Knuckles render looks like the tribal Knuckles from uh, Sonic Adventure. Oh, There's so many hints of Sonic Adventure in this, I'm sorry, but that's like, it, <laughs> it's like pink and I'm imagining I'm seeing the markings, but they're not there. Mm. Also, sometimes yeah. Tails yawns. He reminds me of the opening from Sonic Chaos, that, like, renderer of Knuckles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's triple, what he reminds me trouble? of. trouble? Or, yeah, triple trouble. Well, yeah, it's triple trouble. You're right. So, the special stages themselves are, like, a much more polished version of the special stages in Sonic 2. Would, would you They're sort of agree with that? Bones. I don't know about polished. I, I think it's just, like, easier. They're, like, <laughs> they make it more sense. It feels about as slippery as the rest of the game, though. They're definitely yeah. easier than in Sonic 2, but I think they're yeah. easy because you can see stuff from farther away. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. It's just, It doesn't look as nice, I don't think. Like, it looks... How do I describe it? It's, it's, I like the way it looks, but it's really simple. Like, it's just a, yeah. a lot of repeating uh, assets. You're basically on a bridge that, like, squiggles around a little bit, and there's it, rings It, it and goes spikes. left and right. Squiggles around doesn't really... Yeah. <laughs> it goes well, to the left and the right. There's some bits where the bridge just moves up, and you just have to jump up. Well, the, you have I like to time those. it really well, though. You actually don't. Like cut. You can just walk into it. Like you can yeah. walk into that wall. It doesn't do anything. It just lets you stop moving. Yeah. yeah. Which is extremely useful. Except when there's spike balls in front of it. I guess well, that's true. But if you hit yeah. those, then you just like you take yeah. that damage once, but you can still stand still. And they give you so many rings. It's it's you're not a half pipe like Sonic 2, so it's actually easy. Yeah, yeah I, got, I got like five emeralds in this. I could have gotten more, but Tails and Knuckles are really hard to find in the other levels, the later levels. Like, I didn't see him past the spring level. See, that's funny, because the first time I found both of them in one section was the spring level. Yeah. I think the spring level, I don't know, I think Spring Stadium and Diamond Dust are the areas where it's the hardest to find them. At least that was my experience. Yeah. But I was able to get, I was able to get all seven by... Let's see, by Rusty Ruin 2, I had five of them. And so Damn. I think Diamond Dust 1 was where I got the seventh. I've never gotten seven. Because I got four of them in Green Grove. I got, like, two and one and two and two, which is the maximum that you can get. Yeah. And then I was only able to get one per stage, basically, up until I had all seven. I got one each act, effectively, mm. for most of the game. But I didn't get one in the first act, because the one... I think it's Knuckles is the one that's hidden behind a crack in the wall. Yeah. You can attest to this as a... 
I am typically a lot more attentive than you when it comes to shit like that in games, like <laughs> cracks in walls or holes that you need to go into or like yeah. drawers that you can open, things like that. No part of me thought that for even the briefest of moments, that crack was anything besides well, an asset on the wall. It's because I saw that and I thought, oh, I bet I can break this. And then I tried to roll into it, and I didn't break it. And then I tried to spin dash into it, and I broke it. And I was like, oh, Steven's going to love this. Well, no, because there's no <laughs> other precedent in the game that rolling That's, into things does it, that. Like, in like much later zones, that becomes a thing? Yeah. Like, in, in the ice area, I yeah. know you can break things by rolling into them. But, like, something earlier than that is breaking the pillars with... In the second stage, there are these little platforms yeah. that spin Sonic. Like, not turn him into a ball, but they make him do the top thing that SPO does. So he'll be spinning around and you'll move a little faster and you don't have to like hit a button to hold that so you can deal damage to enemies and you can break special pillars that you can only break while you're in that mode. And I like that a lot and that... I Yeah, I really like that mechanic. That was fun to find special stages. But spin dashing into a wall is never something that I would think this game would make you do because it's so hard yeah. to pinpoint things. And also, like, just there's a lot of assets along the wall in this game that don't appear everywhere yeah. so the idea that there's like these little cracks like they're they're not even really noticeable especially when you're moving fast and trying to focus on all the things that are already on screen yeah. there's actually in that very stage there's an asset that looks like it's a tunnel but it's just on the wall yeah it's straight up not that's the thing i'm talking about like i jumped into yeah. those and nothing happened so i was like you know what i i have a feeling that this game is gonna be nice about like where it puts secrets and just like as long as you're exploring you'll find everything but that's not the case and I do think that, like, that crack in the wall, it's it's scratches. It's not even a crack. It's not like yeah. the... I don't know. <laughs> it looks like a Zelda crack to me. That No, you're wrong. You're factually inaccurate. I don't know what the hell Zelda you're playing. That, that did not look like a Zelda crack. I remember well, cracks when I first played this, but I don't even remember them. I didn't find them when I played this time. And so Isaiah was talking about, like, when he first played this game. And when I first played this game, I liked it because it was a game I could get far in. And it was a game I could get emeralds in. But upon the second playthrough, I didn't really like it. In fact, I was starting to have those kind of... I was just trying to beat the game or at least hope the game killed me. But it got to a <laughs> point where I was like just ready to just give up living with this game. Oh, man. And I just didn't want to play it anymore. That's intense. And I don't, I don't know how I feel about this game right now because it's kind of just... You know... We haven't really talked about, like, the main gameplay feature of this. Yeah, we, we mentioned that it was like Labyrinth, but I guess to go into more detail, you have to get different things like you do in Labyrinth, but instead of keys, this time they're birds, specifically flickies, but they're different colors based on which enemy you hit. Yeah, and they're, yeah, they're inside enemies, you know. Yeah, they're inside enemies. Except for the second to last stage. Yeah. Oh, what, what are they then? Are they in, like, in cages? In the second to last act, in the last stage, in the first act... They're in, like, tubes they have to break. Yeah. Okay. You're basically in Eggman's lair, right? And so these things are pretty much... I think narratively, what that's trying to say is it's powering the area. You know, rather than being... Rather than powering the robot, it's powering the actual level. Yeah, that makes sense. And then the second to last, there's no flickies at all, so... Hmm. Yeah, because that's just, you're getting to uh, Eggman. Yeah. I almost called him Mega Man. <laughs> oh, it's also, like, around a giant Eggman. In fact, you end the level going into his nostril. That's oh, some gross. WarioWare business right there. Yeah. Now, I did not... Oh my god, I'm looking at the map data. You are not wrong. <laughs> not only are you not wrong, the whole Eggman is rendered. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's... He's all there, man. Can you post it in the, the chat? 
or did you just yeah. do that? Yeah, I'll I'll post that image. So here. I posted a picture in the chat of the wall cracks. Now, Charlie, Charlie, thumbs up, thumbs down. Are those Zelda wall cracks? Those are almost Zelda wall cracks. You guys are insane. Okay, I'm gonna the tweet for this week is gonna be a comparison of Zelda wall cracks, which by the way have a round shape to them. They look like rubble, like that's stacked up. Right. I mean, this is clearly like those a are tile size. that is Wolverine going ham on the wall. That is what that Why is. Why would are... Wolverine go ham on a regular I don't know. But those wall. are slash marks. They're four straight slash marks. They stand out. They stand out. Very, okay. They here's are the thing. Once, once I looked at the map data and I realized, like, oh, there's a secret spot that's like in a in a hole on one side, and then they just go to a wall on the other side. I was like, oh, I bet you break through the wall. Like, I put that together after I knew there was a secret there. But there's no precedent for that in the game. To me, that was so perfectly lined up with the tiles in the game that I was like, something happens. Like, at the very least, it was worth trying for me. And you know, I never try things. Yeah, so maybe this is just the kind of puzzle in huge air quotes that you jive with. <laughs> Alright, no comment on that. It's super weird that... Like, you, you can agree that it's super weird that you were able to find that and I was not the first time around. It's it's definitely weird. I just want to say that I thought you said Walrein, like, like the Pokemon and not Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they both have they both have claws, right? Yeah. So it works. Ne- neither of them have any reason to be in a Sonic game, so <laughs> the joke still carries. <laughs> yeah. It works either way. So in this game, you get all the flickies and then you have to go to the sp- a ring where you deposit them all. And like I said, it creates a chain if you have all five. And... Getting damaged releases the flickies. Not only getting damaged, the flickies themselves can also be like hit by things behind you, and then yeah, they'll they fall off. Yeah, they have their own hitbox, and they orbit you and follow you. Yeah, luckily them getting hit doesn't damage you directly, but it does create a problem. Oh, yeah. it gets so much worse later on. Well, because once they once they separate from you, they just kind of wander around, and you have to pick them back up. Kind of. So here's the thing that the flickies do, and the blue and purple ones kind of act the same. They go towards Sonic, but I think the purple ones move in a bigger, like, circle than the blue ones. Yeah, the purple ones definitely seem a little harder to get than the blue ones. And the red ones just kind of hop between two points, but it kind of switches a little. And the green ones just try to avoid you. (laughs) That became a problem for me in one of the final stages where I got hit and I thought I had collected all five Flickies. But I was missing one, and then I had to basically scour the entire map for that yeah. green loser. It's a bad time. Yeah, there's a really cool thing you can do where if you stand still, they'll fly around you, and it's really easy to take count of how many you actually have. Mm-hmm. There's also a cool thing where this game has an idle animation like most Sonic games, Yeah. but the cool thing is that when you have flickies, Sonic will like cross his arms and stand still, and if you've got flickies, they'll sit on the ground and stop spinning, and they just mm-hmm. kind of oh, really? peck around. Yeah, you I should try it. see that. You now, what really I will quick. say is, if you have a shield, all of the flickies also have shields, and because so they cute. all flash very quickly, it makes it much harder to count, <laughs> like, by having them orbit. I think it, like, is really cool, though. Like, I would never have it any other way. Yeah. No, it is. It's definitely cool. The Flickies each having their own little shield is very cute. It is. Yeah. It, plus, it also makes them immune to, like, back damage. Yeah, they can't get, like, cut off by a spike that you dodged, but they didn't. Yeah. Stuff like that. Which is nice, because it means the shield is better than just one free hit. It also makes you immune to a certain type of obstacle. And speaking of shields, there are three shields in this game. 
There is the normal blue shield, which just works like a shield. Then there is the red shield, which makes you immune to fire-related damage. For a while. What? So, when I was in the lava level, eventually my shield just turned blue. So Ooh. I couldn't, like, permanently walk on lava, and it was a little unnerving. That's weird. I never had that happen. I mean, I didn't get to that level in my yeah, playthrough. I, yeah, I did get to that level, and I just kind of walked around the lava for a bit. So I'm surprised that didn't happen to me. I, I wonder if it has, like, a, a sort of durability. It might not be time-based. Yeah, I could see that. Because I was just, like, abusing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it's going to happen in any level, it's going to be the lava level. And uh, honestly, that's the lava level's probably why. Because there's an entire bit in the second act, I think, where there's just open lava for you to walk around. Yeah. <laughs> also, sometimes in that level, the flickies are just on fire, and that's like its own special kind or something. Hmm. Wait, they're on fire, like, normally? Yeah. Like, I think if you specifically get them from the dragon enemy, that they'll just be on fire, and they kind of act like the blue one, but it's just always on fire. That's weird. Are they, like, a color of the, like, a normal color of Flicky, but also on fire, or are they a... They're kind of orange, like, on fire. That's like, really they cool. They almost look like a red one, but they're kind of shaped like a blue one. I wish I yeah. could see that. I thought it was, like, in the ice level where there's just a frozen one when you get it out of a snowman. <laughs> Like, you have to hit the ice cube a second time to unfreeze it. Yeah, that was really fun. It also make it, made it much easier to collect, too. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the flickies as a flavor piece. Yeah. Mm. So there's the blue shield, there's the fire shield, there's also the orange shield. So did you guys, in your playthrough, do, how much experience did you get to have with the orange shield? I mean, I, I played with all, all three of them quite a bit. Is that the one that lets you ground pound? Yeah. It's oh, not just pounds? a ground pound. It's a homing attack. Yeah, I got. I kind of gathered that. Like, it, it seemed like it was easy to hit enemies with it. I couldn't tell if that was because it was homing or if it was just because it's like your drop shadow makes things easier. So it does home. If you're, you can basically go. Oh, that's like, right. It'll automatically move you to basically across half the screen to hit an enemy. Oh, yeah. I never tried it from that distance. Yeah, I didn't even try it. It's crazy the distance, and it's not perfect. I have actually gotten hit while attempting to do a ground pound or to do a homing attack. When I was at a certain distance, I basically hit the ground before I hit them. <laughs> but it's very useful, especially in the ice level, because the ice level diamond dust. There's a specific type of enemy that just moves around really quickly and shoots a bunch of bullets, and. I hate that guy, so I was like, I'm just going to be in the air where it's safe, and then I'm going to homing attack them to just get them out of the way quickly. Yeah. I hate projectiles in this. <laughs> like, there's a there's a turret that shoots when you get within its vicinity. Yeah. As it turns, and it's annoying. There's the exploding snowman. There's anything that explodes. Mm -hmm. There's the spikes that just shoot out in, what is it, spring, spring ding zone? Spring stadium. Oh, yeah. You just have to, like, keep jumping on it. And there's, yeah. like, electrical spaces in the last two levels that are like that, but it's not all at once. Yeah, which is much better, in my opinion. Yeah. There's a small section in Spring Stadium where there's a specific type of spike that you can see the spike holes, and if you, like, touch the spike holes, the spikes will just pop out. So that's, it's just a friggin' regular obstacle. It's actually not if you touch them. It's they have a time. Yeah, you just like keep it, jumping. Yeah, if you no, stand on them for longer than a second, they come out, but they don't... I'm not talking about those guys. I'm talking about there's a different obstacle that is, like, a line of spikes rather than a tile of spikes. 
but it's it's more like like pokey boys. Like it's like long spikes. So you're just oh, saying that there's the like there's a basically an invisible wall. Like it's not invisible, but you don't realize it's a thing until you step on it and then it automatically kills you. Yeah. Okay. And it only appears like twice in that level. It maybe not even twice. I'm looking at the map data to try and find a second instance. I didn't even see it at all. So it was frustrating in one specific area, but you know, it pretty much never showed up again. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I don't remember that at all, so I can't speak to it. I'm not a big fan of the enemies in this game. They're kind of generic, especially the first ones. The designs. They're like really chunky 3D models, and one of them is yeah. just charming. Yeah, one of them is actually charming. The bee that just floats around confusedly. Yeah. I also don't really like the crocodile enemy because its eyes aren't big, so it just doesn't fit. I like that he's just a crocodile. And then there's the snowman, which is a snowman you can't tell if it's going to explode. But it gives you a flicky, but it's the only snowman that gives you a flicky, and it's... Ugh. Yeah. The first time I came across... That's the one that, that moves around and shoots, which is yeah very upsetting. And the first time I came across one, I kept trying to hit it, and I would take damage instead of it taking damage. Which I think is just because it would shoot me at exactly the right moment. But it happened enough that I was like, okay, no, this is just one of those things I'm not supposed to touch. And then it turned out yeah. to have a flicky inside it, so so much for that theory. Yeah, there's some, like, weird messaging in this game. There's definitely, like, this game, with the enemies in particular, doesn't communicate properly about where it's safe to hit and where it's not safe to hit. I keep seeing spikes on specific parts of the body and being like, okay, so I don't attack them from this angle, but you totally can attack them from that angle, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah it kind of reminds me of, like, I actually like this... There are enemies in the Labyrinth game that have keys in them. Not all yeah. enemies like there are in this game, but the ones you can destroy in that game that have keys in them will show oh, you the key. Oh, you're talking about that yeah. stupid trap-looking thing. Yeah, well, I, I just kind of, like, wish that the enemies in this game, like, it was easier to tell what enemy has a bird in it and what enemy is just, like, an obstacle that you can't destroy, period. I think, for the most part, it's fairly clear. Yeah, it's like things with eyes on them have the birds, but it's still weird because you're going to be moving fast at some points. Yeah. Well, and especially in Diamond Dust, the ice level, where you see a stationary snowman that explodes when you get near it, and then there's a moving snowman that has a flicky in it. And that's yeah. where it's just it just contradicts itself. Yeah. And there's later in Gene Gadget, the levels where the flickies are not in... Gene Gadget? Gene Gadget, that's As that's in, what... like, Gene Simmons or, like... Gene Wilder? G-E-N-E. -E. Like, like Eugene? <laughs> I guess so. Like oh Gene, like genetics? There's some robots <laughs> in Gene Gadget that don't have flickies in them. And at first I was confused, and then I realized that right next to the first robot in that level is a container that has a flicky. And I was like, oh. That's Puppet Panic Zone, not Puppet Gene Panic? Gadget. Not Gene, okay. Public Panic? What? No, Panic Puppet is the, like stage that has the title screen music yeah i never got through that stage because my thumb was hurting from the d-pad usage oh my god <laughs> so i had to take a break and then the podcast started don't you wish you had the gamecube gems not gems mega collection whatever yeah it's mega collection this is me console bragging again console bragging hashtag console brag <laughs> So hold it. 
Are you telling me that the D-pad on the GameCube controller is better than the D-pad on a PS4 oh, controller? Oh, no. The D-pad on the GameCube is horrible. Yeah, it's I'm garbage. Saying, I didn't have to program a control stick or had the pain of it, so I just use a control stick, which is, I would say, preferable for this kind of game. Isaiah chose to use the D-pad instead of a control stick. And like, he did that on purpose. Mistake. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's not, you know, it's not that you had a GameCube or a PC or right. whatever. But I imagine it's hard to program that kind of thing with a control stick. I don't know. No, it's not. You just do up, down, left, and right. All right, Jeez. so Isaiah, why didn't you use a control stick? Well, okay, now it's my <laughs> fault, I guess. It is your fault. No, it was always your fault. Like, you chose to use D-pad instead of control I have stick. to imagine that my emulator's dead zone is probably not one that I would be happy with. What do you mean, dead zone? Like, as in, like, you don't want to push the stick all the way? You mean, like, that Dragon Ball movie? Yeah. Are you talking about Garlic Jr.? Yeah, I'm talking about Garlic Jr., obviously. No, dead zone is the, like, basically degrees in which if it's pushed only that amount and not farther, then it will just not register as being pushed at all. And that's especially important well, yeah. for... That's Why a, would that's you especially not push the control analog, stick all the way? ...analog games. Why would you not push the control stick all the way? I'm... I'm saying... Why would I want you, why to wouldn't have you push to... it all the way? Steven, oh my god, can you let me answer your question why? instead of but asking it... why wouldn't it you push it all the way? ...the second time while I'm trying to answer it. <laughs> You're literally interrupting my explanation of your question in order to ask the question a second time. But why wouldn't you want to push it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I do want to push it, that's the problem. With... Okay, okay. So you want to push it, but you I wanna don't want to push it. The... Oh my god. <laughs> Do you actually understand what I'm saying? Like, I know you're trolling me, but are you trolling me and also you get what I'm saying? See, I thought the dead zone was the space in which, like, you, near the center of your control stick that's not registering anything. Yeah. And my question is why you would not always just push it outside of that zone anyway. Yeah, the problem is I can't configure that zone, so I might, like, it will register an input that I didn't want it to register for that reason, right? So wait, you mean you're like resting your thumb on the control stick? So is this that is less applying? of a problem with my PS4 controller because my PS4 controller is like fine, but with yeah. my Xbox 360 controller, because it's used... Well, see, there's your first problem. And the, and the springs are weak. It rests itself a little bit off-center. And for basically yeah, no video games... Yeah, because Xbox controllers are always awful. It's basically not a problem for any like 3D game, but for every emulator game... Like, it's a huge problem because the dead zones can't be configured. Do you not have your PS4 controllers with you? Like, why aren't you using a PS4 controller? So anyway... What? No. Not anyway. Why are I you, actually, why are you I not actually using have, a PS4 controller? I was playing it with my PS4 controller. Then why is this a problem? Because I because get... Because he's I a little... Be, don't say it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Isaiah. Anyway, I think that... we need to get back on track. Analog games are better with a D-pad than they are with an analog or not analog games 2D games 2D is that what, is that what you're getting at because this game on. is this analog game is 3D versus... blast Isaiah yeah no you're right this is a 3D game so I should be using the stick no you're right <laughs> I mean all I'm saying is like I'm literally just using the keyboard because I figured it'd be fine and it is so I I yeah. feel like no one has any room to complain if I can play this with a keyboard <laughs> that's valid it's just that my thumb was hurting and I wanted to take a break so I did and then the podcast And then the started. podcast started. <laughs> yeah. So. Alright. I'm sorry. <laughs> what were we talking about? Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, yeah. We're talking about how you couldn't get to the end of the stage because your thumb was hurt. Okay. Now I got yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's something. Before we get too far from it, while Isaiah was talking about control schemes and the not amazing controls of this game, 
I wanted to mention that there's something I really hate, where you're are you playing right now, Isaiah, or did you stop playing to start the show? I did stop playing. Okay. So I want you guys to for a second if you can start up the game and just push up and then down and then up and then down for me and tell me what happens because I really want your raw reaction I really want your raw reaction to this I also just a side note in like ruined spewing zone I really like the buttons that don't do anything like you just hit them and they go bing oh my god you were okay you absolutely had a point to saying this <laughs> thing that you said yeah moving up and down yeah is it not the single worst thing in a video this, game ever? Somehow, like, that never occurred to me that this was a thing that happened. So... It's unbelievable. Do you want to explain this? So when you push down from an upwards-facing position, you move slightly to the left, right? Is it to the left or to the right? It's I think to it's the right. to the left. Oh, okay. When you are in top mode, it's to the left, which I am in right now. Mm. But yeah, basically, you... Oh, wait, no, it's to the left. Oh, I... what the heck? It changes. It's not it even changes. consistent. If okay, oh my God, so tap, it does tap left and then do Okay, wow. This is awful. So yeah. <laughs> when you move up and down, you will move slightly to the left or slightly to the right. And the same goes for going from left to right. Basically, if you go opposite directions, you'll move like for some reason you move in the middle between the two. And it's based on whichever direction you face less, I guess. If you tap up and then you do left and right, you'll move up. And then if you tap down and you do left and right, you'll move down. Okay, so you're talking about how he does a 180, right? Yeah, but he doesn't do a 180. He makes a little circle. Like, he makes a little yeah. half circle before he starts facing. That's yeah. terrible. It makes it incredibly difficult to precisely position yourself. And just, like, when you're yeah, in the top mode, it's it, it's 100 times worse. Because in the top mode, if you just, like, tap left and right really rapidly, you'll just kind of, like, slide up or, like, slide... Le like, it's really bad. There, there's no excuse for this it. This game is definitely at its worst when there is precision platforming. Which does happen a few times in the game. It's not most of the game, but it happens enough. It happens in Ruin a lot. What is it, Rustic Ruin? I think it's Rusty Ruin. Oh, Rusty Ruin. <laughs> yeah, Rusty Ruin. It's definitely not Rustic. <laughs> There's a bit in Rusty Ruin 2, I believe, where you just, you have to, there's a moving platform that's moving back and forth, and if you, you have to jump onto it, and if you miss it, then you have to basically go through the hoops of getting back to where you were, which takes, like, at least 15 seconds, and I miss it every time. Is that the one where there's a spring? Yes, yeah, Okay, that you is. can hit the spring and skip the platform altogether. Oh, you know what? So I'm a dummy, it turns out. No, okay, so there's there's a few, there's a bit where, like, there's a bunch of platforms that will fall when you step on them, and there's a spring there that you can skip. No, I'm talking about the first one. There's There are three yeah. of them. There's the first one where there's a platform that moves left and right, and there's a spring next to it, and a sonic head in midair. You can jump yeah. over, grab the sonic head, and land on the other side. I never once touched the platform. I genuinely cannot believe it never occurred to me to use the spring. It occurred to me because <laughs> I saw the sonic head, and I was like, how am I going to get that? And then I saw the spring, and I was like, oh, you just jump for it. And then I jumped for it, and then I got to the other side, and I was like, great. I'm just going to ignore this forever. <laughs> Incredible. There's also a bit in maybe Gene Gadget? Let me check the map. So there's a bit in Gene Gadget 2 where there's an entire, like, huge chunk of the map that's this, like, diagonal, like, wall. And I say diagonal wall, like, it's a floor, but you can fall down it and you can't climb up it. It's a diagonal platform that's too steep for you to climb up, right? You can't climb Panic up it? Okay. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, it's a no, joke, you're, you're it's right, a joke. that's pretty good. 
Yeah. Cause it's cause it's funny. There's like one tile big platforms for you to like jump across. And you have to do it like you can do it, but you have to do it really slowly in order to make sure that you're doing it right. <laughs> and as always, if you fall down, you have to like go through the hoops of climbing back up, which takes Right, time. it's a whole process. Yeah, it's not that punishing, like, damage-wise. Like, you're not in danger of getting hurt, but it's just tedious, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of things in this game that are, like, kind of asking you to take it slow, which is never fun in a Sonic game, but yeah. I feel like in this game it's a lot more doable than, like, Labyrinth was. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This game is way better than Labyrinth. Yeah, I think that this game does a lot of the legwork that Sonic needed to prove that it can function with some of the same elements in 3D. Yeah. Because yeah. this game is much closer to 3D than, like, anything else we've had so far. For sure. Of course. And I think that, like, like we've been discussing, it actually kind of does some things that Adventure would later on, like, perfect. Or not yeah. perfect, maybe, but, like, get much Improve closer on. to the mark. Yeah. I, I think um, Adventure is, like, really, really good. I don't think anyone's going to disagree with me on that. <laughs> I, I'm certainly not. You know, vote now on your phones, but... I mean, DX, um, stop. Shut up. <laughs> well, that's a bastardization <laughs> of graphics. Yeah. It's interesting that, like, because this game, it's it's kind of like Labyrinth in that instead of it being about getting to the end, it's about collecting things and then getting to the end. Yeah. Which puts a much greater emphasis on exploration. And as a result, the levels are a lot less linear. Like, there's still definitely a critical path, but there's a lot of, like, well, you gotta go this way to find this. Yeah, you can go left or right. There's also a lot of, like, secret places, too, in the game. Yeah, there's lots of fun little little places. And some of that is, here's a much better shield, and some of that is, here's a bunch of rings, and some of that is, here's Tails or Knuckles. Yeah, I wanted to say that in this game, I felt much more encouraged to look for secrets. Absolutely. Because unlike in a game like Sonic 3, where those sort of things don't even matter, Yeah. getting a shield and finding Knuckles or Tails like feels good, and they're always where you think they will be. Like, if you're like, oh, Knuckles or Tails is going to be here, they're there. Yeah, which is which is very cool. Yeah, it's it's well designed in that way. Now, what I will say is, as soon as I got all seven Chaos Emeralds, which was about halfway through the game, I just stopped caring about secrets entirely. Well, yeah, which makes sense. You're not yeah. supposed to at that point. Yeah, and that's not necessarily like a bad thing. No, honestly, I think it's a good thing because it means that your reward is like you can relax now and just play the game. Yeah. And it does, it does completely change the tone of how I play as well. Because I'm a lot less careful. Like, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a lot less like, oh, I don't want to get hit. I'm a lot less stressed out, you know. Yeah, it feels like a good reward. Like, before you have all the Chaos Emeralds, when you get a shield, that is the most relieving feeling. Because you're like, okay, now I can afford to take a hit without losing everything I've worked for. Yeah. Because cause if you get hit yeah. and you lose your rings, you just can't get an emerald. It feels so much more devastating than, like, in any other Sonic game. Yeah. Except Chaotix. Well, Chaotix is a whole another ball ballgame. Chaotix, let's be honest. Getting, losing your rings in Chaotix is like, like, you gotta call your parents. <laughs> also, I don't know if you noticed this, but Knuckles and Tails have different special stages, aesthetically. Yeah. Knuckles yeah. has, like, lava and Tails has a river. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It is, it is very cool. Something I want to talk about, and it's something that I've always appreciated about this game, the bosses, they're nothing special. Yeah. But, like, you know, in any other Sonic game, it's like you have to hit the egg mobile part, yeah. like, which is usually mm -hmm. the vulnerable part. 
But in this game, it's not necessarily that. You have to break his glass. Yeah, yeah I like, like that. that's his hitbox, and I really like that. It's it's very cool because the more you damage it, the more like cracked the glass gets. Yeah. Yeah. So you can sort of see how well you're doing, which is very important. <laughs> I also like that they work. Like, they just work the way that Labyrinth doesn't. Yeah. Well, it feels like the bosses are almost like a bit of a tech demo. Like, all of the bosses are designed to make use of the 3D space. Even I mean, if the it's whole just game something as simple as, like, the boss moves upward to indicate that you can no longer hit it. You know? I mean, I don't think that really counts, because the boss moving upward is literally just sliding the sprite. Like, the one problem with this game's 3D is that the, uh, like, field of view is awful. Like, jumping just feels weird. Yeah. Because you, you have a drop shadow, which is nice, but, like, it still doesn't... It's not perfect. Yeah. I recently, like, learned the difference between isometric and... What is it? Orthographic? Let me just... I've never heard the word orthographic. I know what an orthodontist is. Doesn't that do with mouths? Yeah, I was gonna say, like... <laughs> no, that... I know what orthopedics are. I don't... <laughs> Orthographic is is actually the correct term. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not telling you it isn't the correct term. I don't know what it is though. So basically, there are two different ways to project a 3D image, and one orthographic essentially takes depth into account, and isometric does not. And so, like one meter that is a hundred meters away will be the same size as one meter that is five. Meters yeah, it's away just higher up. Isometric. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas orthographic is more quote-unquote 3D, you know. And I found that very interesting. I was looking in a Unity project. Yeah, but what the heck is orthographic? It's just regular... It's Wait, you're regular telling me that perception. you needed a word for, like, what Banjo-Kazooie is? Yeah, in order to juxtapose it against something that isn't Banjo-Kazooie. I would never refer to isometric as 3D. Like, I would just always call it isometric. Like, it's well, not even... It's not even close. There can be 3D games that are isometric. Sonic's isometric blast. Oh my god. But they're not the Sonic Adventure Blast. No, it's... <laughs> so Sonic <laughs> Isometric Blast? <laughs> That's really good. I Look, it's not it's not super important for the purposes of this game. No, but it's it super, is... here's the thing though, is that like, it's the idea that you would need a word for that is silly because like, orthobletric or whatever the hell you said doesn't like roll off the tongue the way 3D does because it's actually 3D. I'm not saying that we should start calling 3D games ortho... Jesus, orthographic. I've forgotten it. Orthographic. 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 I'm not saying <laughs> we should be like, oh yeah, it's an orthographic 3D game. You don't... That's not important. But it is useful as a technical term. Also, are you telling me you didn't know the difference between an isometric game and fucking, like, Sonic no, Adventure 2 Battle? No, I know Battle? the difference. I just, like... <laughs> in a 3D environment... Seeing the difference firsthand was very interesting, and that's what I'm trying to talk but about. But that's the thing, is that Sonic 3D Blast is not a 3D environment at all. There's no yeah. depth. Like, it's not, it's literally just, like, height that's being adjusted. It's top-down. It's forced isometric, like, perspective. It's, it's a cheated perspective. It's just literally top-down. Like, that's all it is. Yeah. It's isometric top-down, but, like, the, the thing is that, like, Zelda A Link to the Past is just as 3D as this game. Because you can, like, hop in that game. <laughs> All right, ladies, all right. Is okay. there anything else we want to talk about with this game? The music is really good. I don't know how much we've talked about it. We talked a little bit in the beginning. What Something I find really cool is that Spring Stadium is a remix of Green Grove. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. I think rearrangement is more... Yeah, rearrangement might be better. It's got the same, what are they called, leve motifs? 
motifs. Maybe it's just regular motifs. I You're know, using I way too many words for things that are much easier to explain than All you're right. making them out to be. <laughs> it sounds the same. You listen to it and you go, it it's the same. It sounds the same. It's got it's got the notes. Are you talking about before. note? Per, are, Isaiah, are you talking about like note patterns, or are you talking about melodies? Well, it's a, it's the same melody. Yeah, exactly. It's the same melody. It's easy. Yeah. You don't have to say lay motif or whatever. You put like one. This, in your you don't have to talk ear about lay miserable. Wow, that sounds similar. The same. <laughs> it sounds the same. It's actually they just reuse the same song. Uh, the other thing is. <laughs> Note for note. This game does the Sonic 3 thing where the second act is a different song from the first act. Yes, yeah, they are slightly different songs. Which is very cool. Frequently, I don't think they're as different as they were in Sonic 3, but they That's, are different. I agree with that. But it is, it is, it's just cool. Like, it's a nice touch when it's not just a repeat of the last one. Yeah, what's your guys' favorite song in the game? Uh, Mine is Rusty Ruin. Maybe Diamond Dust or Panic Puppet. I, I kind of think it might be Panic Puppet for me. All right, that's solid. I like the I like the bass in Rusty Ruin. It it's like a jazzy little. Does the Sega logo count as a track? No. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna say no. Yeah, okay, well it does, but you have to listen to it for three minutes. I actually do like the invincibility theme of this game. It's all right. It's not my favorite song because it's like 30 seconds long. Yeah, it's also not that great. <laughs> it's better than like most Sonic invincibility songs though. That's what I'm saying is that it's better than most Sonic invincibility songs. Like it's a step up. But that's like, what is its competition? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like Sonic Three is the only one that's even remotely tolerable. Besides, like, I don't know, this one and is there one in Spinball? I don't think there's so. Not. There's not, right? Yeah. So like, it's not, you know. I mean, you're technically always invincible. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But there's not like, is there like a super mode in that game? No. Yeah, not really, huh? No, there's no invincibility. There is also not a super mode in this game. Unless you get the director's cut version, right? Isn't there Unless a super you mode get now? yeah, there's a there's Supersonic is in director's cut. Which we should talk about director's cut now. Yeah, there's a version of this game that was released by the lead developer. He is the lead developer, yeah. Pretty sure. John John Burton. Yeah. yeah. I've already forgotten his name. <laughs> Jesus. I talked about him at the beginning of the podcast. He has a fun little YouTube channel called Game Hut and he's on Twitter a lot. He's neat. Yeah. He is very cool. <laughs> yeah, so he, he released... <laughs> let me see if I can find the, like, change log of Sonic 3D Blast Director's Cut. Okay. Because I know sonicretro.org has, like, you can get the download link, on, like, on that website. It's where I get most games map data. You can also get it at his personal site. He's got four. Oh, right yeah, now. that's true. Right, on Game Hut. It's, like, a website, I think. Mm -hmm. I would get it from there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know probably. if he tracks his downloads or anything, but I'm sure that he would appreciate it. So there's a world map with stage select. Supersonic has been added. Does he make it so that when you move left and right, you don't go up? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll look at that when I see gameplay tweaks. Right now I'm at new features. Oh, okay. I do know that you can no longer get four Chaos Emeralds in one zone. You you get one Chaos Emerald a zone. Oh, that's... Um, wait, you mean an act or a zone? A zone. I'm that's pretty terrible. sure it's a zone. That's a bad thing. I don't know. I kind of like it. I don't. One of the funnest parts of Sonic is getting Supersonic way earlier than you're supposed to. <laughs> That's fair. Like, the exploitability by design of Sonic is one of the funnest parts of the game that, like, isn't in Mario or anything like that. I mean, there, there's some of that in Mario, but... There is a level editor. There's also a time challenge mode. Let me see if I can find the thing that talks about the Chaos Emeralds. I mean, I, 
I don't doubt that what you said is accurate. I just think that it's a poor choice of game design. Yeah. Yeah. The player can now only get one Chaos Emerald per zone. That's such a weird... As Gene Gadget Zone and Panic Puppet Zone normally did not feature Tails or Knuckles, they've been added to those zones to give the player a chance to get the Emeralds. But that just means that you have to literally, like, do it right. I don't know. You only get one... I guess you get, like, four chances each zone, but that's still weird. Because if you're having a hard time finding them in one zone, that means that that zone, you're just less likely to be able to get them. Yeah. And if you are, like, bad at them for some reason, because I, I feel like we have more experience than most would at this point with, like, going left and right <laughs> to get rings. Yeah. Like, I, I think that if you were not as experienced with that, then it would make it really tough for you to play this game to get mm -hmm. all the emeralds here, like, first run through. This says, Sonic now makes turns faster. I don't know if that means that it fixes the, like, weirdness of, like, moving back and forth. Sonic is also faster as well. I think making turns faster probably has more to do with the amount of time that you spend sliding, mm -hmm. I would theorize. It's also, when Sonic gets hit, he only loses one Flicky as long as he has at least one ring. And I think if he has, I can't find it exactly, but I think if he gets hit when he has a bunch of Flickies, he loses the Flickies and doesn't lose his rings. Yeah, I was going to say, I would like this game to have a system where maybe you lose 30 rings or something, not all of them. Yeah. Because it's it's really stressful when you have a lot of rings and no shield. And it encourages you to not collect rings at a certain point. Yeah. Because there's no reason to collect more than 50 rings. Mm -hmm. So then rings become like this obstacle that you're like, oh, I don't want to get that. Cause like, and, it, and again, it reinforces the like suicide tactics that this game mm -hmm. promotes. The other like major change, this is classified as a graphical tweet, but it makes a lot of sense to me. When a flicky is loose, its icon will bounce on the flicky counter to alert the player. Yeah, that's nice. Which is... Really important. <laughs> that is very kind. <laughs> also, uh, if any loose flickies are off-screen, the flashing flicky icon will appear on the sides of the screen to direct the player as well. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, that's very helpful. I never had that problem. Like, whenever I would lose a flicky, I just, like, would go and grab it. Mm -hmm. But I can see how that would be very important. At some point, I would like to play the director's cut. I was going to try and give it a chance today, but, you know, my thumb hurt, so... <laughs> Wow, that's some, like, my dog ate my homework shit. <laughs> Should we get to thumbs up, thumbs down, boys? Yeah, I'm thinking it's about that time. Yeah, pretty much. Alright, Charlie, start us off. Yeah. I really don't want to, because I'm okay. very mixed on this. So you want to hear some other opinions on it beforehand? Yeah, I want to hear your guys' opinions. Alright, Isaiah, you start us off then. I think, Steven, I think you should start us off. Fine, I'm oh going to be a God. thumbs up. I didn't think I was going to like this game that much, but... I found it easier to play than I'd anticipated. Like, it it wasn't hard to stomach, and I played a lot of it, despite only getting to the third level, because I wanted to get as many emeralds as possible. And while apparently I'm just bad at finding them, I found quite a few. I got to five by zone three. I feel like that's not too bad. Yeah. It's pretty good, honestly. It's not disgusting. I was, like, a perfectionist that was, like, must find knuckles and tails, and that's, like, why... Yeah, and then you read the game's mind and then found them all and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would as well. There were quite a few bits that were frustrating to me, especially later on, but I found that even the like stressful aspects of it, I kind of liked in a weird way. I, d I wasn't as angry at this game as I ever got at something like even Sonic 2. Yeah, like I was invested, you know, which is very cool. So I'm, I'm going to give it a thumbs up as well. I also think that, like, the flickies are really neat. Like, just having the flickies follow you around is something really important to this game. Oh, yeah. One other thing is that the sonic heads, right, that you get from Springs, 
Yeah. Flickies will like go higher than you do when you spring, and they'll go higher and higher the more Flickies you have in a row. Well, yeah, you need them to get most of the heads. Yeah, so in order to get some of the floating head bits, you need all five Flickies to go on a spring, which is just like a cool, like, almost physics thing. Well, I think more important than, like, the physics thing, which is whatever, that's neat too, like, it's cool to watch yeah. them fly up, but I think it's cool that the game, I think this is something that a lot of games don't do, but yeah. the game reinforces something that you want narratively with something else that you want mechanically. Yeah. So, like, you're supposed to get all the flickies, and that's cool or whatever, but now they can also help you. Like, they can help you get things, which is really yeah. important because it means now you're attached to them both, like, in the terms of the story, but if you're not the type of person to be into that, you're also like, oh, I want to get as many as I can because they can help me grab things. Zelda, I think, is a game that could really benefit from this because earlier Zeldas do a really good job of, like, putting things in front of you that you want, and as you naturally go to get them, you'll find other things that are narratively important. But, like, current Zeldas kind of tell you, like, oh, go to this temple, and you're like, well, what's there for me? And they're like, well, the story is. <laughs> yeah. You don't organically find the temple and then want to explore it because you want to, you're told to go somewhere, and then the narratives are really your only drive to move forward. Yeah. So I, I think that something like the Flickies is really important. Something else about it as well is that it rewards you for not turning in all of your Flickies until you have all five of them. Like, yeah. if you have three and you turn them in, you get a lower score, but in exchange for a lower score, you also have the safety of not having to take care of them. But the more you keep at a time, the higher risk you are of, like running into problems and so it rewards you for taking that risk by giving you access to different stuff which is very cool yeah the flickies feel well baked into the game mm -hmm. i think they're like one of the hugest parts of making this game feel like unique on its own and you know just making it feel like it's put together all right so i kind of had the opposite feelings as you guys because <laughs> i was like oh man i can't wait to play this game again and then i just kind of didn't like it as much as i used to yeah. Well, because when I was a kid, I really didn't like this game. Uh, yeah, I was pretty harsh on it. <laughs> this hurts me, you know? This isn't <laughs> like, well, this isn't like Sonic CD where, like, I don't like this. I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. But I'm going to give it an ever so slight thumbs up. Really? It, like, still made the cut. <laughs> I can't be that angry at this game. I, it's still a little enjoyable. I'm very close to a thumbs down. No one's going to judge you if you give it a thumbs down. It's okay to give it a thumbs down. Because if you do, I totally get it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> I, I feel morally obligated to give it a thumbs up. You should Interesting. <laughs> I mean, all like, right. It's playable. It's better than Labyrinth. Oh, for sure. Okay, we can agree on that for sure, no matter yeah. what. That's, like, almost objective truth. <laughs> That's as, as close to objective fact as you can when it comes to the quality of a video game. I think another cool thing about this game is, like I said earlier, it's just really important about what it does for, like, 3D Sonic to prove that 3D Sonic can exist and still have, like, these ideas that were present in 2D Sonic games. I think it... Oh, yeah. It paves the future for where we're headed soon, which is, you know, the Sonic Adventures. Which, I know what our thumbs are going to be for that game, but of course... I mean, I know for Adventure 2 is set in stone for me, but the first adventure, I'm not sure how it's going to go. I remember some things in that game. Unspeakable things. I remember specifically a cat. I mean, that's not, like, no doubt about it. If that were the whole game, it'd be... We'll get there. We'll get there. All right. Are we doing plugs now? Yeah, if you want to, sure. 
follow me at Draws Charlie, where I draw stuff, and I have a scanner that I just remember that I have, so things look better. Dude, you got you got to work on your pitch. Nah, he's doing great this time. Shut up, Isaiah. Was I off key? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were a little flat. <laughs> no, he's talking, Charlie. He's talking about making like tar. I he's talking about your pitch. <laughs> Follow me at Draws Charlie. You, you hear no, the note see, that I'm singing? He's a, he's my baseball. That wasn't coach. singing. That was like carnival barking. No, you're right. I was flat too. I don't know. It sounded more <laughs> like a church thing. It was like, follow me at Draws Charlie. Thanks, guys, for coming out tonight. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Critical. <laughs> Did you say hello? My name's Critical. <laughs> Hi, I'm Isaiah. You can follow me at twitter.com slash Isaiah Games. That's I-S-I-A-H Games. I tweet jokes, video game things, and video game development. Isaiah recently released a game called Nothing Goes Wrong in Space for the Android App Store. Spoiler alert, it does. It does, yeah, something does go wrong in space. Yeah, there's a really strong narrative hook in that game where things actually instantaneously go wrong in space. It really subverts yeah. the title. The title screen is nothing goes wrong in space, and then you hit a button, and immediately something goes wrong, and it's, it's like in The space. Walking Dead because actually sometimes they run. <laughs> it's actually great because I had a pitch that was practiced, or that, that I like mentally rehearsed to give. And now that I actually can plug this game, it is completely gone from my brain. So it, <laughs> it's a very fast-paced arcade game. So presumably, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably like fast-paced games. So this is the kind of game that would be for you. I like it. My favorite part about it is that it's a low-scoring arcade game. Because a lot of arcade <laughs> games yeah. just kind of feel like you're slamming your face into them and just things are happening and it's kind of hard to consistently improve. Yeah. But what this game does is it's pretty rare... I mean, you you measure it in what uh, tens, in hundreds. right? Hundreds or hundreds? Okay. Yeah. But basically, you have like these points that you're supposed to hit, and each one that you hit gives you a hundred points. But it's pretty rare that you'll get more than like you'll hit more than twenty of those items. Yeah. So, like getting higher than that feels really good because of that. Instead of just yeah. feeling like this amobious number that's like, unless you have someone to compare yourself to. You're just like, wow, I got 14 billion points. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. As of the time of this recording, my high score is 2200, which means I've collected in one playthrough 22 things before dying. I think my high was 21. I got really close to beating him in his own game, but yeah. I can't quite. I had 21 earlier. So this is for Android. You can find it on the Google Play Store. You should also, at this point, be able to find it on the Amazon Fire App Store as well. So does that mean you can get it on, like, a Kindle? Like, what does that even... I was confused by that. <laughs> yeah, so so if you have an Amazon Fire tablet, which is also Kindle, I think, you can... If you have access to an Amazon App Store, you can download it. Okay. I just didn't know that was a thing. I was confused. <laughs> yeah, the name of the game, again, is Nothing Goes Wrong in Space. I think if you search for NGWS, you should also find it. But the Google Play Store's algorithm is really weird for a while when I searched for it. It just didn't appear at all. Yeah, I think you have to seed it. Yeah. Uh, the same way we have to seed a podcast. Yeah. But it, it, it actually shows up now. I've searched for it since then. That's good. So yeah, look that up if you still can't find it and you're listening to this roughly around the time this comes out. A link to it should also be my pinned tweet, which again is twitter.com slash Isaiah Games. That's I-S-I-A-H Games. It's also the LAG network are the thing that hosts us, or the lag network. They don't ever say LAG, I realize. Hmm. That's my bad. 
I don't <laughs> mean to offend. To break the branding. Yeah, I don't mean to offend. But uh, they actually also retweeted your tweet about it. I was really excited. Yeah. This was actually a game that I made two years ago. Almost exactly two years ago now. It'll probably be actually two years by the time this episode comes out. This was a game that I made two years ago with, like, three other people. And then I was like, oh, hey, I can port games to the Android. I'm going to do that for this game. And then I did. <laughs> <laughs> so I did all the programming for the game originally, and also I wrote the soundtrack for it, which I'm still super proud of to this day. I still love that The soundtrack that, th that is no doubt one of the best parts of that game. <laughs> yeah. And then I ported it to Android, and here we are. And I, I think it plays really well as a phone game. Yeah, and again, it's 100% free. So yeah, it's no completely free. There's it. no microtransactions or anything. Like, there's also no ads either. I just yeah. I just want people to play it. There's also no, like... I don't think it asked me for any like access to my like images or anything. No. Which is, it like, never happens on a phone game anymore. It literally... The only thing <laughs> that it needs is it needs to be able to store one variable in the amount of data allotted to it automatically by installing the app. <laughs> yeah. That variable is your high score. It's one of the easiest phone experiences I've ever had. I deleted, like, Tetris at this point to play oh, your game instead. Oh, yeah, because now you have to be online in order to play Tetris. Yeah, I was like, well, I guess I'll just play this game instead. <laughs> so congratulations, you're officially better than Tetris on the phone. Nice. All right, that's the end of my plugs. Follow the podcast at nospin-zone. There's no dot. Calm. Yeah, it's just nospin-zone. But you can email us at nospin-zone at gmail.com. Yeah. To send us if you have a question, yeah, send us a question. If you want to tell us what your favorite Sonic character is, go ahead. If you want to send us your OC, picture of your OC, go ahead. Oh, I don't know about that. I bet you could convince Charlie to draw your OC for one of his daily drawings if you asked him real nice in, a, in an email. That's all I'm saying. Sure. I <laughs> have to quit the podcast now. <laughs> Sorry, once Sonic OCs get involved, Isaiah has to cease existence. That's true. He has to OC's existence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. See you guys later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> See ya. We'd like to thank the LAG Network for making our episodes available on platforms like iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and lots more. If you're listening on YouTube and you'd like to keep up with our episodes on one of these audio platforms, just search for the LAG Radio Network and follow their feed.